MMA Roadshow, episode number 432. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is with me here in Las Vegas on International Fight Week, home of the reigning National Hockey League champion Vegas Golden Knights, and I'm just going to come out and say it now, home of the MSG Sphere. <laughs> that thing is uh, or the Sphere Vegas. The Sphere is that what it's now? The Sphere I, well, Vegas. I, I see that they do hashtag their hashtag or their at is Sphere Vegas, okay. but it is the MSG Sphere. M- sphere. MSG Sphere. Even though I think last week I don't know if it was on this show or somewhere I act, I misspoke and called it the MGM Sphere, but it's the MSG Sphere. It is live now and ready to go. And I'm telling you, it's uh, even though it was a night of fireworks with the Fourth of July, and there were beautiful celebrations all over town with fireworks. My social media feed was just piled up with the uh, Cool little images from this thing, man. I gotta, yeah, I gotta say, we've been watching this thing get constructed for a while, and I think it costs like two billion dollars. Like two and a half billion. So it was I, a little more than what they set out. I guess those sort of things tend to tend to do that. I think the original budget was like one billion, billion. and it ended up being two and a half billion, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, and again, I have yet to set foot inside this thing. I yep. did took take a look at tickets. Uh, there are still a handful of tickets available if you want to go see you two there for five hundred dollars. But you got to figure YouTube is probably five hundred bucks regardless. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Like so anywhere I know they the play. movies and other shows are supposed to be that. I don't think it's supposed to be like crazy whatever. And in fact, hearing five hundred doesn't sound that big. It's almost like YouTube's trying. They wanted to sell it out or something. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Five hundred's not crazy. That doesn't sound crazy. Because I mean, not Adele, cheap, Adele, crazy. like her tickets were easily like the cheap seats were like a thousand bucks or something ridiculous. But I look now. Here's the but one. But she is a queen. She is oh, amazing. <laughs> Let me go. I'll hail to Adele. Uh, no, uh, no. But I, you know, I did look at trying to go to the just like the movie things that they're doing in there. I mean, it's a yeah, multimedia a presentation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the one's called like Postcards from Earth or something. I believe is the debut yeah. when it's going to be there starting in October, but. Here's a, a problem. First of all, they're like I think the cheapest ticket is like seventy bucks. All right. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's sold on Ticketmaster, so it's got Ticketmaster Ugh. fees and stuff. So garbage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it adds like so. Okay. Every event's going to be through Ticketmaster. At least so far it is. So now you're talking about adding like another fifty percent of yeah, that's of, garbage. Oh, I hate Ticketmaster, man. Yeah, that's so, junk. Don't know how long it'll be before I get to see the inside of it, but I will say the early images uh, of the MSG Sphere. If you have not seen them on social media, search them out because yeah. They're pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. They're they're it's pretty unreal. cool. I imagine they're probably gonna cause a car accident or two at some point. Well, if somebody's that stupid to look <laughs> over it, but you can't miss it. I mean, I, what's crazy is that until they finally turned this thing on, they had the big reveal. It was just a giant black ball. Mm-hmm. Like for and for the longest time, it was just always been under construction. You know, like it was just it felt like it was under construction, under construction. All of a sudden, I guess it was just done, and we were waiting for the light. You could see them like testing the screens out or whatever. Um, and they said it was going to be cool. They said it yeah. was going to be nice, but I was not expecting what I, I saw. I didn't think that the the images of on the outside would be that crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Like they've been talking about what the screen's going to be and the the pixel count and blah 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 blah. I thought it was going to be okay. We're going to see some images and it's going to look okay. You know, like what you you know when you pass like. The Raiders Stadium, you'll see some stuff on the screen, and it just looks like a pixelated screen. You're like, okay, cool. But I just assumed that was going to be something maybe a little bit bigger than that. Like the one on the side of Resorts World. It's like, okay. Like, it looked like that's okay, okay. but it's not the greatest image. Like, this image is fantastic. I mean, it's so neat, but it's just... The ever flowing, like the the way that the the images aren't choppy, it just sort of flows. So so some of the stuff that they're having fun with, it's literally like they gave some dudes, they just gave him the okay to just put some fucking wacky shit, and he's like, dude, I'm just gonna get really stoned, drop some acid, I'm gonna make 30 different 
crazy graphics and let's just see if they work. Like the eyeball one is so disturbing and so crazy, crazy. but it's it's so unique. And then they had this one where they had these crazy ripples and these um, little circles open up and it looks like a little alien staring out. And what's cool, because the only image I saw, it looks like there's uh, there was there's those circles that open up are on multiple sides and one on the top. So imagine you're flying over it. I know. And then you see this crazy sphere and then you see this circle up and then you see like an alien staring up at you or whatever. It's going to be so, so crazy and surreal. But luckily where it's at, uh, it's sort of off. I mean, you could drive plenty of places around the strip and never get distracted by the things, you know, by the lights and by the big cities, but it's uh, by the big buildings. But it's going to be hard to miss this one. But again, I think you'd be having to look for it because it is kind of tucked in the away amongst a bunch of stuff. Right. But man, um, but it's so bright and vivid and it is clear. well, especially like I don't envision. I wonder if at some point they're gonna be like, hey, all right, let's stop with like the giant eyeballs because like <laughs> what the f? Let's get you the, know, let's get like, the less distracting stuff. Because at some point, I imagine that they're gonna get feedback from the FAA and the planes flying over and stuff like that if there is something actually. But since the images are only, it's not like it's shooting out like the pyramid, like the Luxor. Right, right. Where there's actually something that can an be, external and, light yeah, being exactly. cast somewhere. Exactly, that's a good way of putting it. Like, if there's no laser shooting out. I think they they'll probably be okay because they'll just tell the pilots, "Well, don't fucking look over that. You don't fly right over it. Just don't look at it." But it's going to be awful distracting to not look at it, you know, because it's just so crazy. But um, I'm just glad to see it finally turned on. I yeah. Mean, like literally, it looked like a big void over there because it was just this big giant black ball that big death star over there death star that's what everybody's (laughs) been calling it the death star is finally awakened you know um but you know it's cool that i'm sure we're going to see tons of just like what we saw people's phone videos of the concert and stuff in there but it's literally supposed to be a huge 4d experience i mean like anywhere you sit in there supposed to be pretty darn cool i mean i'm sure there's still going to be some obstructive views but in terms of like say you're watching a rocket fly up you know you're going to be seeing it on this screen and out of the way it wraps around in this the way that the orb is shaped it's going to look like it's literally you're going to turn your head and it's just going to be going back and then at the same time you'll be feeling wind, a rush of wind, wind and, and maybe rush, some warmth and, and, heat. and stuff yeah i mean it's going to be so unique and so cool but man I'm really bummed hearing that it's going to be like a Ticketmaster thing because that really effing sucks. I hate Ticketmaster I mean, just fees. all the extra free. Yeah, because I mean, immediately you have to count into what you're going to pay to go to a thing. And it's like, what do they do? What I mean, did Ticketmaster help pitch in to pay for this thing? And like, how do they, how does, how do they not figure out that they can't work that out on their own, that they don't have to go? Ticketmaster had to pay them a, an enormous amount of money to be included into this project. Because you don't need them. It's true. By any means. But I guarantee Ticketmaster like, well, here, let it, let us take care of that for you, and we're going to give you a little we'll something. cut something, you something, off a little. Cut you in something, you know. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So. We'll help you fund that $2.9 billion that, you, yeah. that you're spending out right now. Um, yeah, I looked at it. It's super cool. It is, it is cool. Normally, I don't think I'd spend much time talking about a structure, but I will say it looks pretty cool. It's the most unique one. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about, the like you said, the, you were talking about the resorts world. Yep. Everybody was talking about that forever. They're like, oh, my God, the buildings, the light, the screens, the whole size of the building. It's like, high. That's a side of the building. It's not yeah, anything, yeah. and it's okay. This one is literally it's uh, te- in terms of technological advancement of like LED screens and everything. It's it's cutting edge. Yeah. I mean, it's so surreal, it's so crazy. But again, yeah. Now that you say that the price is oh. like, 
won't be in th- on the inside anytime soon. I'm looking forward to go checking out what the whole thing's about. But yeah, I wanted to, you know, I like to take my family out to cool stuff. And I was like, yeah. man, I want to bring us, like, be one of the first ones, go opening night and just see what it's like. And I may still pull the trigger on it just because I'm weird like that. But I think the cheapest I could get for the three of us was like three a little over 300 bucks. And it's like an hour for, long. It's like a, for for the postcards from the uh, Earth. Or gotcha, yeah, not, gotcha. the, uh, not the U2 thing. Uh, that there would be cool. be legit but, aliens oh, at that one. Uh, you, <laughs> you just never know. But yeah, I think 300 bucks was like the cheapest I get in for. And I was like, that's a lot for like an hour of, but I don't know. Maybe that thing might just one of these days just lift up and just return back to orbit. <laughs> you never know. Don't be one of the ones inside for that show. Uh, too funny. All right. So everybody be on the lookout for that. If you're here for international fight week, I doubt you can miss it, especially if you're staying down on the strip, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, did make it out last night. Saw a little bit of fireworks. It is. I will say the Las Vegas Valley is pretty cool. Uh, it, it, depending on where you're sitting or where you're standing or where you're looking outside, man, if you can see a big portion of the valley, you can see, like, fireworks everywhere. And I'm not the biggest, you know, Fourth of July fireworks kind of guy. Like, it's just like, okay, boom, boom, lights in the yeah. air. But it is pretty cool when you look out and you can see it spread across, like, the yeah. whole valley. It sucks to be an animal. I mean, it sucks to be a pet oh, owner because I feel so bad about my, my animals. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like – I feel like I've been getting by these past years because I, I feel like the cheapskate that never buys fireworks, but all you have to do is literally walk oh, outside there's people and that there's drop fireworks cash, everywhere. Bro. Dude, there's people that drop The cash. big ones, like the big ones, not just like, oh, hey, let's get those Roman candles and then you're going to yeah. hold and you shoot. Like they're literally like the ones that make the big boom and then they shoot up and then this huge. And seeing that right here from the neighborhood – where the explosion spans the width of a few houses, you're like, holy shit. You're know, like, right? bro, do it again. Shoot another one. It's so cool. But you're right. I mean, it's everywhere. And, and even though it's not legal, nobody's supposed to be doing it, but everybody just does it. And the Metro, obviously, they get involved if they have to, say, if somebody does something stupid and set something on fire. But they try to, they try to be as cool about it as they can because it's not like you can hide. I mean, all we have to do is like, hmm, uh, I feel like busting somebody. Let's see what I can find. I just need somebody to shoot a, uh, shoot something. Oh, okay, right yeah, there. Oh, there, There's, there and there, and then and there, there, and then and there. Over there. And you know, I, and it's and and, and it just kind of works. It kind of works. They they stay away. They do their thing. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff that they could do, except for you know, outside of busting people for having a good time on July 4th, doing relatively harmless stuff, but. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. And people drop mad money on Crazy. some of these fireworks stuff. It's There's just no unreal. Way. It's unreal. There's no way. And we just benefit. But, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I don't mind being a cheap. Yeah. I just grabbed my PBR, sat right out front, and watched the shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, well, certainly International Fight Week is in full swing. We just wrapped up Media Day for UFC 290. We'll get into all that, everything that unfolded. We talked the entire main card as well as one very important preliminary bout as well. Uh, but I did want to ask you, did you keep up with the Ultimate Fighter? You still, you still yeah, watch no, it? Yeah, I'm still Bro, I thought this was the week that it, it was that it was gonna turn, man. Wait, oh yeah, that that it was gonna lose. It looked, it looked Lee like it. Hammond. That dude yeah. was. I mean, props to Kurt Holabaugh, but yeah, man, uh, looked like the the tide was gonna finally turn for Conor McGregor, and then yep. Kurt Holabaugh gets the guillotine out of nowhere, gets the submission, and man, you you could just see Conor. Uh, you can see the emotion. I mean, obviously he lost his temper afterwards, but yeah. uh, man, when he kind of dropped to his knees and put his head down, like you could tell that one, that one hurt him pretty bad. Well, definitely, and I, and I think definitely there's the frustration just on the terms of what this was what six in a row six now. Six in a row. But also this out of the, the out of the prospects and the people there, this is the guy that he was closest uh, had an affinity right. for. Yep. You know, like this kid watched Connor kind of come up as well, and if, I think Connor just 
probably saw him as like sort of like a, a younger brother or right. something. You know, even Kavanaugh, them talk really highly. And uh, still, after, I mean, the performance, you can't really fault the performance. He just got caught at the very end. I mean, the way he split open, I mean, split open the dude's forehead and all kinds of shit and just like busted him up. Um, it was it was fantastic. But I mean, Hullabaugh, man, uh, in terms of heart. You know, and it's funny because we always talk about how the way that they edit the show, you wonder if you see a heavy packet, family package, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, you're showing me the family so that, because he, he ain't going to see, he ain't going to see it again, you know, or something. So I didn't, I started thinking about that as the fight was happening. I was like, oh, that's why we saw so much of the family and the horses and the, all this and that, because the fight just was, it was just, I was like, well, Kurt's done. He's done. And then he, just being that vet and just being gritty. And I think that's the difference of what some of these these vets and people they've been through, they've been through the super, super deep water and then to just never give up on yourself, look for that opening and he was able to smack it around and when he locked that neck in, dude, it was done in seconds. Crazy, That's man. how quick it was, you know. I, I thought he was going to be able to hold off and then you could just see by his face that he wasn't and he finally tapped out. But dude, we talked about and we had, hear, we had heard and, we had, uh, and I don't know if there's still something to come, we had heard early on that Bader got in a little bit of a scuffle. Yep. I'm wondering if this is when it happened at the very end, because you see at the very end when Connor pushes Chandler, Connor's coach goes and grabs Chandler and separates him instead of grabbing Connor, which is such a bitch move. Like, what the fuck? Is he that afraid of his own boy? He won't touch <laughs> Connor that he touches the other guy. I just thought that was so fucking weird. Yeah. But then Bader being Bader was like, no. And then Bader goes and yep. pushes them. And then you see them go off camera. I wonder if that got worse because – and the only reason I say this is because when Dana got up in there afterwards and when he was trying to clear it, he's like, "We got you two got to get out of here. Yeah. We need you two to get out of here. Yeah. He wasn't like, Mike, you need to get out of here. So I'm wondering if things went further than what we saw on TV and this is the time that we had heard that Bader got in a scuffle. I think so because my understanding is that there was a lot more that happened that day yeah. that didn't necessarily get shown and I don't know why they elected not to do that. Yeah. It's just because like maybe there's some stuff that – they don't want to see, or they, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know why. It seems like if if, if stuff happened, you would want to show that because that would be the heat that everybody would be talking about. Unless Connor, they they don't want to upset Connor by seeing his boy or his coaches get like manhandled or whatever. Could be. They are literally bending over backward for. I mean, like they're making him look so fucking good. I mean, like I love the emotion parts that they're showing. Yeah. Like that's real. That's not Connor faking it. Like no, Connor that's, that's was him. legit upset. Destroyed. And I loved seeing that. Yeah. Not not seeing. That it mattered. You. But seeing that, that it mattered, mattered. that's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the shit I'm like, fuck yeah. Yep. I mean, because we see so much from Connor sometimes, you're like, God, does he even care? Obviously, yeah, he, he does. Cares. You he know? Cares. But I just, the whole of not showing something that, and, and maybe there's still a little pettiness. Bader's not, maybe if Bader was still a UFC roster, maybe there's something. Maybe they don't want to highlight the, uh, you know, the guy that left. Boy, you know what? It might be that simple. It could be. It might be that it simple. It could be. You know, here I am even thinking though that's like. The be even though that's the best, like, the best footage we have is yeah. Bader getting into it. So it's like, yeah, but we're not going to, we can't prop up Bellator's guy over there. Like, I mean, what, what are we going to do? Why are we going to bring attention yeah. to him? You here know I am mean? thinking like, oh, we don't want to make Connor mad. It might not be it's, anything yeah, about it's that. Probably it's just probably just don't show the Bellator it's probably guy. Probably petty Bellator shit. And not that they are mad at Ryan Bader no. that he left or anything, but just be like, why are we going to show footage of yeah. him when we can't? That does nothing for yeah. us. It, and, yeah, that's probably it. But yeah, when I heard Dana say that, at the end, I was like, God, why didn't we get to see more? I was like, why are you cutting these things I, out? You know what's funny is I had the same thought. I was like, when I, I was like, 
man, maybe there was like some legal stuff they were concerned about, or maybe, you know, you have some kind of reputation stuff. And then yeah. I don't know if whatever you just crossed my mind, or maybe it's just because it's the Bellator guy. <laughs> like, just we're it's not the Bellator guy. The guy. Uh, I, so this has been kind of interesting because this is, this is the first time, and obviously – you know, Connor comes at Chandler, and so Chandler obviously is going to respond back to him. And this is the first time that Chandler's really, at least that we've seen, kind of just been like, well, why aren't you there for your team? I bet if you'd have been there, maybe things have been a little bit yeah. better. You know, then he even walks over to the teams like, sorry, guys, I would have been there for you. I would have been there yeah. for you. And we had heard, again, a lot. We had heard that Connor wasn't there a lot, and we've seen it a lot. He's never there for the weigh-ins and that sort of thing. Yeah, he even actually answered it. So I wonder if the guys sort of set that up too because, like, Connor was like, oh, everybody wants to talk about how I'm not there. I'm there saying doing what I need to do or yeah, whatever. I the and then I have set the up that I need to be. So obviously they brought it up to him. So they certainly made it seem like that. But I wonder if we've been hearing if Chandler had been saying that before and they just never chose to use it because they didn't have a good counterpoint to it, you know, because they didn't feel like they had Connor's side of the right. story and they want to keep things much more balanced instead of like, because then if they put that in there and they don't have him answering it, then he feels like, why are you making me look bad? Put me in something like well, that, so you know? So he, I do think it doesn't do Connor any good in terms of like, okay, his team is 0-6. We've seen that he's not there very often. So you go, well, maybe Connor wasn't giving him what he needed. But, again, he's not really the head coach. He's there more for motivation, for right. mental stuff, that sort of thing. But I do wonder because I, I have heard some people and, and, and heard the speculation, and I think it is kind of interesting is that, you know, is it really anything to do with Chandler and Connor and, and what they brought to the table? Or is it more just the way this thing worked out with prospects versus yeah. vets? And that even if the teams were reversed, even if, Chan if, if Chandler was coaching the prospects, they might very well be 0-6 because it's just the way the matchups work going against these you know, more capable guys. There's definitely a lot to that. I, th I think so. Like, I, yeah. think, I think it's too easy to just make Connor to be – like again, I don't think he's doing himself any favors because he hasn't been there for a lot of stuff. And so it allows you to put him in question – but I don't think it's necessarily fair to just point the finger at Connor and be like, dude, he's a terrible coach. Like, he did have all the prospects yeah. against all the vets. I just thought, you know, it's kind of interesting because, like, the TV certainly makes it see when you see the training stuff, he's always there in those images that they show in their training thing. But for him to not say something along the lines of, like, you know, because I, I, I don't care that he wouldn't be there for every way. And it makes sense that, you, that he would be there. But if he's there for every practice and he only misses weigh-ins, would people be raising a big stink? Right. Probably so not. so when he when Chandler's when he was like saying like oh you know I I have the coaches there the coaches I ha I install these people it made me think like okay did he miss a bunch of practices because if I was the guy that was there at every practice and like only thing I miss I'd be like yo I was there for every damn practice I'm doing what I need to do you know not I wouldn't say something like well I have like my coaches there doing what so they need like, to what do what do you mean I had my coaches I'd be like you know I thought you were the yo, coach yo I'm there all the fucking time you know like I don't it's, know it, the other thing well I will and I will say this so I, I'm kind of seeing both sides of it because I think it's too easy to make him just the whole sole reason why they're 0-6 right. but I will say too it is funny like all his coaching stuff like for instance it, I, and I said it I think last week that I think it would be easy for like the, you know the, the scene where he's talking about taking the pain out of your body like it would be really easy yeah. to be like that dude's just crazy but no that there is some cool mental stuff to it and it shows the mental strength that he has um, people pay mad money for like mental coaches oh yeah like, crazy he's, shit and he's give, he's imparting he's that. one of the most mentally strong guys we've ever seen like, but I will say this in sense. terms of like the physical coaching I yeah. feel like he's always trying to coach his fighters to be him yeah. you know what I mean it's like so, bro some just the, hit him with the, the rear striking. hand uppercut yeah. stuff like yeah because yeah, yeah. that's what you throw like I don't know if that'll yeah. work for me it's, it's like a uh, 
uh, like Michael Jordan, uh, you know, great one of the greatest basketball players of all time, maybe still the greatest, depending on who you talk to, but yeah. uh, was not a good coach, right? Because because he's like, well, just do go, what I do. Go, yeah, here's what I do. I'm Michael Jordan. Like, why don't you yeah. do that? And I wonder if it's a little bit because I do feel like when I watch him coach, it's like he's coaching those people to be him yeah <laughs> you know I thought that same sort of thing because I mean it's one thing like if a guy doesn't know of a technique and maybe two I mean like we're seeing some of that for prospects so maybe some of the prospects don't have some of those strikes in their arsenal and I get that and it's like okay cool impart that but I felt like we maybe he's in that when you get so caught up in trying to show somebody moves that work for you you know uh, that particularly like if you are stepping back or whatever maybe you're not focusing enough on what weapons they already have and how can we hone those weapons yeah. and sharpen them I mean, I think it's good to teach him new techniques and teach him some things, but, you know, maybe this is just the way that the editing made it sort of work because, like, again, we're not seeing the full yeah. – we're not seeing the full training. We're not seeing whatever, you know, but it was just interesting that, yeah, the clips that we saw of the things certainly was focusing on shit that works very well for him. Right. And just felt, like, um, different because when we'd see Chandler and even when we saw um, – who was the last guy that just fought um, glasses? Brad, uh, Brad Katona. Brad Katona. Where he's like. They catered it to, to Brad's because Brad's like, oh, I want to do this, 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 well, this. And even though and Brad was kind of driving everybody crazy, yeah. what he's saying it does Makes make some sense. sense, right? Like, hey, bro, I've been here. I've been doing this for a long time. Maybe a couple days out from my fight isn't the time we add in new wrinkles to yeah. my game. You know? Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair to say. You know, coach me to do what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that, that being said, there are moments of Brad's fight. When they, uh, he definitely was doing his thing, but he, he definitely got stagnant on some stuff, too. And I wonder if he was so caught in his ways. I'm like, maybe that's why he didn't end up sticking around, you know. Because, I mean, when he got on top, he was, obviously he was great and he was heavy and he was doing stuff, but he wasn't doing a lot, you know. And I mean, his, his opponent was doing real good. But I don't know. That just popped in my head because I was like – but going back to this, you know, there was, definitely seems to be a mindset of Chandler seems to be working with what his guys have Connor was definitely trying to push some of what his sort of stuff, but again, these are vets and prospects. I think you're 100% right where a lot of it boils down to the experience, to the, the, you know, being here in this moment and having that experience being on the biggest stage to these guys that are trying to get there. And uh, I think it's a lot of what we've seen has just been that experience of the guys, you know, the vets pulling out this crazy shit, unless you're just talking about some of the crazy, you know, quick finishes stuff that's been, you know, you know, just you can't. I mean, that's not experience. Well, it is experience, but Hullabaugh was the biggest one, I <laughs> think, crazy, where, where we actually saw a vet coming from behind, showing that just, you know, grit and that experience, and then just knowing to look for that moment, trusting that that moment would be there, because he was losing. He was losing that fight bad, you know? As the fight is winding on, I'm like, maybe they – I mean, it's, seriously, like, because, you yeah. know – a lot of the footage had leaked in it, but I, I didn't watch it because I was like, ah, but I'd seen people already going like, ah, Hammond loses, you know, the footage is already uh, out there, but I didn't really watch. Which see? I don't know how the footage got out. That's why I stay out, pretty well. you stay out Twitter that, and stuff. Hey, I didn't want to spoil it, so I didn't <laughs> I didn't look at the footage, but the whole time I'm like, were they wrong? Were they lying? Like, how could he actually yeah. lose? Like, how does he actually lose this fight? I was trying when it started getting near, and I, you know, obviously I, I, you know, when we get the little teasers, you can see how much time's left or whatever. Uh, I was like, does this somehow go back into like a third round? I was like, there's still some extra time. I was like, what's going on here? You know? Um, and it's cause they, you know, all that little sort of drama at the end, but dude, yeah, this clearly, and what sucks is I know that he, they can't sweep him, And I feel bad because next week is Jason Knight. Aww. And I feel like, dude, if there's going to be one now, I feel like Jason Knight's probably going to be the one that's going to be the one that unfortunately 
probably gives up that first loss for the for the vet team. I don't want it to be, but in terms of in terms of heart, he's oh, probably not. one of my favorite. But I think with seeing some of these other vets that have went out and done shit, I think Jason's probably was one of the, I don't want to say he's one of the weaker ones, but one of the ones I think had he's not crazy big. Um, he's just got crazy heart, you know, and he is tough, but um, he's got a tough matchup. I don't know. I don't want to put that juju out, even though I don't know what it matters because the fight's already done. We're just waiting for it to get edited. It's not like <laughs> Nothing I'm a to do about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, But I don't know. It would be. I would be surprising, but I think I just felt like after maybe after momentum, you know, after what this week was, maybe momentum had started to to shift and show that vets could lose. Um. So I don't know. Hopefully Jason Knight isn't the first one. But I hope I'm not. Think, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, ch- I still cheer for Jason Knight. He's oh, still yeah. one of my favorites. Such a man. good dude. Such a good dude. But yeah, I mean, I just, I just, the vets can't. I mean, it can't be possible, right? That they, they go they under. Can't, can't there's they? no, there's no way, right? But there's only what two, two, two more matchups before two they start. Two more. Yeah. You know. I don't know. That would be that would be quite a story if they did, but. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for Jason. It is. But I wonder, you know, and who was it? Uh, was it Connor and them were talking about, or was it whoever was talking at the end of the They thought there was maybe, and we had talked about this a little bit before too, the about the placement of the teams, about how one fought four and, you know, three fights two. If there was some creative choosing yep. of putting Hollibaugh as, uh, as a number four. I think he was a number four because Lee was number one, wasn't he? I think that was a four yep. taken out of one yep. or whatever. If they thought, because they thought that he was one of the that, tougher guys, that and, was, and that they were surprised that they put him at four, unless that was gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. I'm like, well, that's part of the game, you know. But they would have had. To, I mean, they. I think. Well, I guess they would have had going in beforehand. I'm sure the coaches knew how the that there was going to be a picking order, mm-hmm. so maybe he they had some time to do it. Because I doubt that would be something like if it was like, okay, here's the thing, you know, you're going to pick tomorrow, you know put your layout or whatever, so maybe you had some time to think about it. But if not, it's pretty darn smart. But when you look at all the vets, all of them, I mean, all like that ranking sick is re- system is just ridiculous. When you look at all of them, because every one of them could easily have been like the one seed or yeah. the two seed, you know. That just goes to speak to, you know, maybe maybe the coaches aren't making – I don't want to say the coaches aren't making either. Because I, I think Chandler, like, I think he is making an impact on his, I do. On I his agree. team. You I know do. what I mean? But – He was there. I mean, he's there for him. And I mean, I think – and he brought great, good people with him, right? You know, and then he lets them do what they do. Like I think that was the difference of the styles too. He's trying to sharpen, find what works for them, impart his bits and sharpen them. And he gives good bits too. Like you hear him talking when the fights are going. Connor's off to the side, taking it all in and letting the other coaches talk because like he doesn't want to get his suit sweaty by standing next to the other guys. I just feel it so dramatic and like bro he's just pacing the floor I know Connor's like a worried mom guy but yeah i would like to see him in the team jersey and, and in the corner not in just the corner you know talking. what i mean not like you know hanging out there it with max third Croc. round it should be a third round <laughs> come on like, judges come on. they want to see a third round i just i just find it odd but i mean and because you could always hear chandler and i think but going back to what they're the part i think chandler does give good tips and bits you hear when you're in the corner and since Connor's not in there with his team in the corner. You never hear from Connor's corner. Like when you're watching that you you only hear from them in in between rounds. Like I hear Connor's or Chandler during the rounds, but you never hear Connor because Connor's got the mic. If he would be in there with his guys, I you would hear more of like what the other coaches are actually saying. And that's the point where I think is a sometimes a disservice to his fighters that are in there because the info that they want to hear, you're not hearing it because he's off 
doing his thing. You know, it's true. It's or true. Whatever. There's your tough update. Yeah, I, look, I watch it. I'm still in touch. I, I do. Watch I mean, it. and and I do think with having Connor on, it does bring some attention to it. I know the ratings aren't massive, or whatever, but I'm still intrigued by it. I still watch it. So, uh, all right, we were definitely watching UFC 290 this week, as we said. Oh, was that this day week? Was, yeah, not a bad one. Not a bad one. It is International Fight Week. Uh, tomorrow things will really kick in. You've got the the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Obviously, that'll be big. A big class going in there. Um, of course, uh, UFC X is at the convention center. So Friday and Saturday, all kinds of stuff there and activations and fighters and all that. But, of course, it's all built around UFC 290. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez, the championship uh, unification match between the reigning title holder and the interim title holder in Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Yair, by the way, came in today uh, sporting not only, uh, well, not really his belt, but a belt, but then also the custom belt that was made for him as well by, by an artist. And uh, it's pretty cool to hear him talk about that a little bit, how it was all like handmade and all the colors were natural colors made from him. I, I thought that was, that was pretty neat. I thought it was dope. I thought that was super cool. Of course, Twitter or YouTube trolls. Obviously. Talking trash. Oh, just, uh, oh, that's game, rainbows, this. I was like, dude, it was f- beautiful. It was really cool. It was so unique. It was so cool. There's yeah. just no fucking culture on YouTube. That's ridiculous. As I'm cussing, you can't <laughs> not, you're dropping that bomb. I just get frustrated. I was reading that. I just was, I was like, are you, can you people not appreciate, yeah. like, something so unique and just very cool? Like a local artist customizing it, you know, in the, in the, the colors and tradition of that culture. And yeah, I mean, to me, it looked, it was it just that, yeah. I mean, like, because I'm. He, he was talking about the movie Coco. I loved the movie Coco. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really cool. It was so, a good movie. So, like, I, I thought all the just the different colors and stuff, and then, but it reminded me too, like Lucha Libre, like stuff, like just sure. very, just like big colors and whatever. But dude, like, if 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 you had that sitting on a mantle next to. The a bunch of the other belts, the other belts look really drab. Right. Even though they're gold and they might have some rubies and other stuff, they look very plain and just very blah. Like, which one would I put in the center? That's the one. I mean, and I just hated seeing the, like other people just like immediately their only thought well, of when whack. they see I colors. I think it's super rainbows. cool. I think it was just I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was and the thoughtful. It's the thoughtful part behind it, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was just whack. But of course, that's just YouTube, man. YouTube is just toxic sometimes. Can't can't see anything nice, but yeah, I thought it was beautiful, and I thought it was really cool. They brought it out. Very cool. Alexander Volkanovsky, meanwhile, did uh, just had one belt, and then he had uh, a little bandaid on his yeah. eye, on his Nelly, or underneath his Nelly eye. There. Yeah, he said he was Nelly uh, with the bandaid under there. Uh, I mean, look, it's interesting. <laughs> it right? did have a belt on it too. It did have a UFC belt on it, which <laughs> I thought was funny. Uh, he had a UFC belt on his bandaid. Uh, concerning at all, because I will say this. It would be weird if he has a cut bad enough that he needs to cover it up. I mean, we've seen, heck, we saw, was it Melissa Gatto last week came in with like yeah. a black eye? I mean, we've, you know, obviously Rich Franklin used to, to sport the black eye quite frequently when he came in. Um, so it's kind of weird that you would feel the need to cover it up. And he, and he kind of played it off. Unless it wasn't as, a cut. Yeah, yeah, see, that's what I wonder. Oh, gosh, I hope it's not like staff or something that's like what that. I was, uh, I was like, I was like, what else would uh, you want to cover see, up? See, that's what I'm wondering because if it's a cut, it's not in a bad spot. It's under his eye, right? So and even, that, if, not even if it were to open up immediately now, on the first punch. Now, if it was punch. a cut that had stitches, yeah. and then he's trying to hide the stitches, and then they're like, going to take the it out, out and glue it or something on the yeah. weekend. But still, it's I not in a bad that. spot where, like, even no. if it opened up, it wouldn't be bad. But, yeah, what if it's, like, staff or something like that? be a weird spot for it, but, I mean, that shit can happen. Yeah. So kind of concerning, but not overly I guess we just take a look tomorrow at the press conference again and see if he's still wearing it. I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Uh... I did watch the. I haven't watched Embedded yet. 
I usually watch the embedded kind of late. I mean, if it, if we're seeing it tomorrow, is definitely more concerning. If we're seeing it Friday, then I'm worried. Like you're sporting it like at official weigh-ins or yeah. something. Still got the then bandaid I, then on. I'd be worried that it's something worse. Uh, hopefully not. We're gonna knock on wood that it's nothing. Uh, that he's ready to go, and that he really was just trying to look cool. As not maybe it's just like an ingrown hair. I mean, or I thought it was pretty darn good. How do they have bandages with UFC belts on? Like. Where did that come That's from? That's pretty funny. I was like, dude, I want some of those. Not that I'd use them. I just want them. Like, they're pretty darn cool. There you go, little buddy. You can have these yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about the fight itself. Alexander Volkanovsky, a massive favorite in this. I'm seeing it around, like, minus 400, which is pretty insane. That's pretty crazy. This is a tough one for me because it's always weird that, I mean, Alexander Volkanovsky, dominant featherweight champion. You know, there's this argument that, he, you know, you can make the case that he's the greatest featherweight champion of all time. It's it's a very easy case to make given his track record of who he's beat. Um, you know, he's, he's beaten everybody that could also make that case. You know what yeah. I mean? So, therefore, you know, it's kind of like the uh, – the cyborg Amanda Nunes debate. You know, you can debate it all, but Amanda Nunes won. So there you go. And you could make the same one with Alexander Volkanovsky, and I would not argue with you at all. I would say that, you know, there are cases for Aldo, there are cases for Holloway, but but Volkanovsky's had the wins, so you can argue. Yair is, uh, you know, has had some ups and downs. He's had, He certainly has not had the track record that Alexander Volkanovsky has had, but, but when he's on, he is incredibly on. And that last performance was incredible. Yes. And he does things that other fighters don't do, right? Obviously, a kick-heavy game, um, which is not something that, that Alex has seen a lot of in, in his path so far. And, uh, you know, there is the danger situation where the guy can be down on the cards. And obviously, the, the, the Korean zombie thing, you know, gives you pause that this dude can be dangerous at, you know, minute 24.59, you know, uh, and, and can still get it done. So I'm kind of intrigued by this because at the end of the day, I go, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's – you don't pick against John Jones, you know what I mean? You don't. You, you didn't pick against Demetrius Johnson back in the way. I don't know how you pick against Alexander Volkanovsky, but I gotta say, I, th- I think I'm a lot more intrigued by what Dair brings to the table than those lines would indicate. I mean, is yeah. this is this a fight that you're interested in, or is this a fight that you feel like it's just so one sided? Like, why are we even doing this? No, because even in fact, like listening to Yair and thinking about his his kicks and what he's able to do with that, and just seeing his confidence today, I picked Volkanovski in my staff picks, but I would be lying if I didn't say I considered uh, switching my picks, and I was just like, just stay the course because man, his legs are so dangerous. I mean, you speak of Josh Emmett, uh, that fight was just a clinic and it was just so fantastic. And I mean, and two things that are very similar in the sense of like Josh Emmett and Volkanovsky, these short stocky guys that bring power, but to bring the power, they got to get past his legs. Right. They got to get in there. Now, if Volk can get in there and get a hold of him, of course, I believe he's going to get him down and he's going to be able to kind of keep him down. I mean, Yair is fast. He is explosive. If they do get to the ground, he definitely has a chance to get back up. But, man, you got to get past those legs. And he's able to throw at such crazy angles. And it's not even just, like, worrying about the front kicks, the spinning back kicks. It's just these kicks that go from every angle. And, you know, the, the question mark kicks and all this other stuff. If, if Alex thinks that he's just going to be able to walk through an initial barrage and just try to get his hands on – it could be a really, really bad day because it only takes one good solid kick to the noggin, you know, to, to get him woozy. And that has to be the game plan, right? I mean, not to necessarily walk through stuff, but, like, close the just, distance. He's yeah, close I can't the imagine there's any part of him yep. that's like, hey, man, let's just set up a kickboxing range and yep. and let's strike it out with them. And I think I think we like our chances here. It's got to be let's get past. I mean, yep. now Volk, Volk, things that Volk has going for him, great movement, 
and and phenomenal cardio. Like he's yeah. not going to slow down at all, right? He's so got legs like tree trunks. He really does. So <laughs> it's got to be that like, hey, he's going to shift laterally, avoid the kicks, and as soon yeah. as Volk or as, as soon as I should say Yair misses on a kick, then close the distance. Close the distance. And, and and at that point, if if, if you got to make it ugly against the fence, make it ugly against the fence. If you, if you can get the fight to the ground and take top position, even better. Still got to worry about jujitsu down yeah. there. He's got some skills, but Volkanovski has shown that he's really good in that top position. I but what do you I, think about him talking about the? Like when he started talking about uh, kicking himself, you know, and want to do it, I started getting really like when you hear these guys that start getting like, I, know. I have this new, I have this new toy that it's really shiny. I know he said I, I, really I like to beat guys at what they're good at, and I I can appreciate I mean, that. His but leg kicks when he when he lands a solid kick, man. I, it, it's brutal. I mean, it's brutal. He's got so much power. I mean, I still think back to like his rugby days, and his legs are like the size of like either your midsection. Mm-hmm. He's got big power in those things, but. Man, you try to make, just just swing and then you miss and then you give Yair position on you or something like just there's a part of you that just wants him to stick to what he's been doing that's been so dominant. I mean, like for what he was able to do with Makachev, it's just fantastic. Like, bro, stick with that formula. That's the that formula that you fight. need. But you're right. He's got to be able to close distance, but he also has to be smart and he can't just think like I'm just gonna walk in here. I'm I'm strong. I got I I got a chin. I'll t- I'll eat one, but let me just get in and get my hands on. So what if you eat one trying to get in there, but you don't get a good grip on him, and then he gets up, and then you separate again? Okay, you're gonna eat another one just yep. to, to make the attempt I'm again. Telling you, um, I, I think Yair, uh, that those odds you said that's, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. I would have thought it'd been closer to maybe like a, maybe a minus two fifty on on Alex's side, or maybe minus two hundred. Some, I think it should be a lot closer <laughs> in terms. I mean, like. Granted, yeah, I think in the terms of the reach, I think Volk, they have him listed, in fact, with a five, uh, half an inch reach advantage, but he's given up five inches of height, so you never actually, I'm just looking at topology, topology doesn't show, like, what the leg kick is, I mean, like, I gotta think that the, the, the distance that that's gonna be the big, the big thing, is Yair's got great hands, he's got great cardio, he's very fast, but man, um, I just don't see it as being a crazy lopsided. I did go Volkanovski, but I don't I see it. And I just I f- still find myself questioning because a part of me, I don't want to doubt Volk. But another part of me is when I doubted uh, Yair and I went Emmett, it made me look like an absolute idiot, you know, because Yair looked better than I can I can imagine. For the the time that's been away and the, like the, I feel like we haven't seen him in there, like he's dropped nothing and he looks, in fact, more dangerous than ever before. By the way, let me, I've got the, those reach numbers for you. So this is crazy, number one. But it, I, I think it always does surprise me. Volk's arm reach is actually 71 and a half inches yep. to, 71 to 71 for Yair. So he's actually – Yeah, like the half inch. Half inch longer. But the leg reach, 36 for Volkanovski, 41 and a half. Wow. So five and a half inch five reach advantage. That's crazy, foot. man. Half a foot. So that – even thing – so even if he wants to step in and, and yeah, you're, or Alex wants to maybe throw in like a you know a calf kick or something, he's got to clear that half inch or half foot danger zone before he can even try to that's make crazy. contact. Yeah, so don't be throwing kicks, dog. Don't Not against a dude that's so dangerous. I mean, like I'd put Yair's kicks up against anybody. Oh, absolutely. Anybody in the they're, division. they're some of the best in the game. It's unreal in in, in, in the whole sport. So uh, I'm intrigued by this. I'm more intrigued by this fight than the odds would would seem to indicate. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to this fight. And I'm and make sure to see what Volkanovski does next. You know, uh, it sounded like he kind of ruled himself out for Sydney. You know, we, were, we everybody's been trying to figure out what's going to happen in Sydney. 
Um, of course, first things first, we got to get through this week. I yeah. mean, we got to see who's healthy um, to potentially face Israel Adesanya there. Obviously, Volkanovski would not be fighting Adesanya, but just as somebody to put on that card. But Why he, not? He's but ready he did to say, do yeah, he will, yeah, he did, I'll face him. Uh, but he did say uh, that his wife is due, I think, like two days before that yeah. card. And so because of that, like, hey, that's probably not the best time to fight. So, <laughs> But they have talked about it. But he's like, but maybe we'll <laughs> we can always induce it a week. A bit. <laughs> I'm like, funny. so you've had that talk with the wifey then, huh? I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, he still seems very intent, by the way, on fighting Islam Mahashev again. Uh, yeah. Did seem open to maybe fighting Ilya Tuporia, although he did make it clear that he was uh, less impressed than maybe his initial comments would indicate. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out here uh, moving forward. Co-main event, of course, uh, Brandon Moreno versus Alessandre Pantoja. Flyweight belt on the line. Um, history between the two. And I'm intrigued by this one, too. Now, this one, uh, much much, uh, much closer, uh, according to the odds makers. I'm seeing around like minus 190 for Moreno, plus 160 for Alexander Pantoja. Um, it is interesting, right, because it, it's so wild. I mean, they do have this history together where Pantoja does own a pair of victories over Moreno, and I think that does make it interesting. Now, it's also five years ago was the most recent. The first one was seven years ago. So, I mean, you're talking about a long time ago. Both of them obviously have evolved since then. Um, I do think it's a very, very good fight. It's, it's, it's. I mean, Pantoja with with Figueredo out of the way. Pantoja is definitely the most deserving contender right now. It's a good fight, um, and it's one that I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It would not shock me if Pantoja pulls off this upset, man. Yep. I think this is a dangerous fight, and and not just because of the. I mean, the history does mean something. We've it seen really it does. twice, and I know they've evolved, and I know Moreno's a lot different, and Moreno, I think he bettered himself even just through that the series with Figueroa and and all. I mean, yep. I think he got better even in that and yep. in his will, and and Moreno is both. I mean, how do you not love the dude that plays with Legos, and he's you know <laughs> he's just the nicest dude on the planet, um, and Pantoja, his English is getting better, so he's finally starting. To talk to the media a little bit, I think, but he's kind of like the unknown figure. He's, he's, he's He doesn't talk trash. He's flown on the radar. He didn't speak English for the longest time. Um, and I think some people are probably just like writing him off because they don't even really know who he is. But man, when you really look at his body of work and his talent, like this, this, I mean, there's a possibility for the upset here. 100%. I mean, I initially was thinking uh, Alejandre would actually get this, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, dude, why am I going to doubt Brandon? I loved it. I loved when he talked today and he brought up Charles Oliveira and sort mm. of in referencing like where he feels his, his career just took a switch, just like Charles. I mean, Charles at the beginning is not the same Charles now. It's a great comparison. He's not, he's not the, 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 the the champ has a name, Charles. Mm -hmm. You know, a very, very different version. When he said that, I was like, dude, he's 100% right. I mean, granted, I mean, the first time he lost to um, Pantoja was on a tough or the ultimate fighter. And and that was, I guess it is, did count. It said, was that an exhibition? It was an exhibition because they, they only went two rounds. And that, yeah. But he still lost, yep. you know. And then he fought him in a UFC fight night, 129, lost that one. Um, but man, I. Pantoja is so dangerous. He's so quick. He's so powerful. But, man, uh, we have seen in times when it gets a little bit longer in the fight, maybe he's not as explosive. He's not great. Maybe as crazy powerful as he is at the very beginning. He's maybe not as dangerous. Brandon, we've seen with these five-round wars that he's done with Figueredo, um, he's become a different beast. Because I think the Figueredos that we saw Brandon beat, in my head, when I think if that was Pantoja matched up, who I would have picked, mm -hmm. I would have picked Figgy. Mm-hmm. And Brandon went in there and beat that guy. Yep. You know, so I'm thinking like, okay, well, then I got to go with that guy. So I ended up picking Moreno in my staff picks. But, man, yes, 100%.
Pam Tozier could go out there and and take his number again. I mean, he could be the the boogeyman that we saw from Izzy and uh, Fajeda for a while. But we saw how that or Fajeda that well, we saw what happened with that one too. Yeah. Finally, Izzy was able Got to write that shit. Right, yep. So maybe this is that one right here, you know, where he finally gets over it. But I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, uh, this is not a one-sided um, pick by any means. Because nope. while while I don't want to pick against Brandon, I'm not going to. Um, he could definitely lose this fight. I agree. I think these are both competitive matchups. I'm yep. excited for both of them. I've seen like uh, people pointing to like the uh, the countdown numbers and stuff like that. Like I, I do feel like maybe this isn't the most um, I but I never watch that shit. I mean, true, but I know, just people. To me, that, that's like the ultimate fighter. I mean, it's so most it's so people don't watch it. It's just like, but I mean, people do use that as kind of an indicator of public yeah. interest in fights, and I don't think these are high. But I think that's just, I guess that is kind of just the reality of the lighter weight classes sometimes, right? And I mean, it could be. I, I mean, I don't. But how could you not be interested in Volkanovski and Yair, dude? Like that's just a great fight between two great guys. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter to me how many pay-per-views they sell. <laughs> that has yeah. nothing to do on, on my bearing. But I'm just kind of interested to see what public support and public interest is in this because um, I do find it uh, very intriguing. The uh, the middleweight title uh, – middle, I'll call it a title fight. Well, we'll call it a title eliminator, right? P- potentially a number one contender fight between Robert Whitaker and Drickus Duplessis. Um, Drickus Duplessis, uh, I, I did one or two. I, I don't know. I guess nothing to read into the fact that he was supposed to be like – third on the day and he came like third to last I mean I guess you know just scheduling stuff gets moved around but I always wonder like it didn't seem like he was having any difficulty in weight cuts or anything like that yeah. right I mean he was I think maybe just I don't know sk- filming schedules got uh, turned around or something but you just never know you know what I mean I yeah. always try to look for little things like could there have been something going on as to reason he wasn't here as scheduled but uh dude looked to have plenty of energy dude looked to be in good spirits obviously he's full of confidence um, I thought it was interesting, man. It's just I mean, a way to carry that nation around on you. Well, you just, carry, I mean, you're a whole continent, con- You're carrying that continent around mean, on you. That's heavy, dog. so wrong, Shit dude. doesn't move as quick. Uh, you know, going back just one last thing I was just thinking about, you know, when we were talking about how, you know, it's 4th of July. It's American Independence. There's only two Americans on the main card. As well. Out of this whole thing. Like, out of the main event and the co-main event. Well, it's International Fight Week, not Domestic True, Fight Week. True, but it's in America. <laughs> it's in the America. It's in the United States, and we couldn't get an American. We can't get no you know, red, white, and blue on here. Come on now. <laughs> That's your reasoning countdown, folks. But all right, but yeah, whatever. Maybe you're you are right about that, and it's not even the top three. Not a single American in the in the top three, man. That's that's pretty intriguing there. So I mean, there is something cool about that. But I'm just wondering if there's, you know, I think Vegas has always been good, and I think even fighters alluded to Vegas is always good in the sense that Vegas gets behind the fighters. Right. Like when it comes fight night, they're going to be cheering for both guys. They just love the the, the fighters. But in terms of maybe having some, uh, you know, if there was, say, an American fighting somebody and it's on 4th of July, maybe they could have made a bigger push and then made the whole, like, yeah, USA, USA, and they could have got a bigger push. Should have had Colby Covington here, right? Yeah. Should have had Colby Covington. That would have made sense, you know. But in terms of this, you know, both belts are for foreign fighters that, I mean, granted, some of them live here, I think, but still. <laughs> Brandon Moreno, yeah. yeah. Brandon Moreno's a foreign fighter. He lives, like, yeah. <laughs> he's on the other side of Blue Diamond over there. Flag. He don't wear our flag. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. too funny. But I, I don't know. I just wonder if that somehow plays into that, too. Maybe some of the interest where maybe, you know. But, again, too, maybe it's just also there's just so many darn pay-per-views to keep track of that people are just lot. like, eh. And, hey, man, there's two you this know? month. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, I know there's one every month, and people, but, I mean, 
gosh, as soon as you start budgeting, that I mean, it's a very real thing, right? That like, hey man, I, I love the UFC. This is my favorite sport, but I can't spend eighty bucks yeah. four weeks apart. You know what I mean? And so maybe I'm only picking one or the other. And I know that you know a lot of times we've been doing like weigh-in chats or whatever and talking to fans and and been asked multiple times, hey, compare two ninety and two ninety one. Which one do you like better? And it's tough, man. It's tough to pick one over the other. Um, and I would think. Yeah, I mean, gosh, if you had, for whatever reason, let's say you had uh, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje, and it was for the BMF title, which is obviously, you know, just a, a kind of a made-up title, if we're being right. honest. I'm not one of these guys that has a big problem with it, like I hear some people, but if the BMF title was on the line, those guys would be the main event, right? If Even if, if this was a three-title fight card. And if you wanted to see, like, a massive pool of, like, American fans rooting behind somebody, yep. they'd go absolute that shit over that. That'd fight. be the main event. It's that'd unreal. be the. It'd be the but, bigger I mean, numbers. I think that's probably why they wanted to spread it out to, to two ninety and yeah. wanted to give some love. But yeah, clearly that fight, it's gangbusters. Right. I mean, like nothing against Volkanovski, you know, and Yair to try to unify the belt. Like they're two badasses, but holy shit, in terms of like star power and like Poirier and Gaethje, you're on a Gage, different, different, different level. level. Different, different level. level. If they were opposite one of these guys, they would be the clear A side, you know, versus some B side stuff. You, What's know? A, you know, it's funny because Volkanovski. I mean, yeah, I love the dude. I mean, people love the guy. I mean, there's nothing the best. About him. It's just he's a he's a guy that lives elsewhere that comes over, but he's great. He has it's a true. great accent. You know, I mean, people see we only people only see him on the fight. Phenomenal cook. Fight weeks. Phenomenal great cook, cook. Apparently, yeah. You know, so I mean, it's just interesting. I mean, but yeah, I mean. It'd be nice and it'd be night and day if, if Poirier engaged you on this. I think I do too. All right, Robert Whitaker and Drinkus Duplessis, as we talked about, kind of a number one contender fight, probably. Um, both of them, I think. Boy, in fact, I love both their answers. First of all, you know, because we again we were trying to ask these guys, hey, you know, could you be ready for Sydney? I mean, we're still trying to figure out who's up for Adesanya, and and you know, I think you know Robert Whitaker, he always had, and, and that's and he, I knew he wouldn't look forward to it because he always says the same thing. Yeah. He's like, mate. My calendar does not have anything on it after fight night. You know what I mean? That's he a literally really crappy calendar. Every, I mean, like <laughs> calendars go months in advance. You get one for like a whole other year, like, Rob. I get, home, I get home and I just tear all the other things out. I'll, <laughs> I'll take you shopping for a calendar next time, Rob. We got to get you a better calendar. We know, we know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Uh, but he always says that. So, and, and I believe it. Like I really do think days like that. I love uh, Drickus's answer to this fight. If, if I got to be honest with you, and and, and he was, and he did kind of later say, "Well, look." You know, maybe if I'm not next, I'm you know I'm next after next. Cause Sean Strickland again, and and I said it yep. in the and a half episode this past weekend. Guys like it or not, Sean Strickland is a viable yep. contender for the middleweight title right now, yep. simply based on scheduling and needs, right? Because I'm sure the UFC is trying to wait till this weekend and see like what if somebody does land a one punch shot and we can get him out of there and we could put Whitaker, or maybe we could put Drickus, yep. um, you know, because both of those, either one of those matchups would sell more than Sean Strickland against Adesanya, just just to be 100% honest. Um, although Sean Strickland laid out why he deserves a case and he's been a, a company man, so maybe they'll, they'll lean his way. But I really like Drickus's answer, which was like, you know, I can't let myself even think about that because I have to be willing to go in there and die. You know what I mean? I have to go in there and be willing to, this is the last time I ever fight, period. You say take one of his limbs off. Take and beat one him. of his limbs off and beat Robert Whitaker with that <laughs> limb that he has severed uh, to win this fight. Not hey. the most effective use of a limb. No, no, probably not. <laughs> and But he is a uh, If he it somehow gets rolled over or stuck in a, in a boulder and that's the only way to get rid of it and then, then you, you gotta can somehow do that. use it. But, I, yeah. I would say if it was going to be a limb, you'd probably want to take an arm off, right? Because if it was a leg, even yeah. though the leg could land harder, like now you're only balancing on one leg. Yeah. So you really don't have the power that you'd need. But if you can plant on both legs, then you can swing the severed arm 
and yep. you can do pretty, so that would be the one. That'd that, be some damage. That would be the one to that do is, it because you could still take it and still hit him with an elbow. Just you, you got to think about <laughs> it because he may say, "Well, the leg's bigger. I could do more damage." Right. So just th- don't forget you're hopping on one leg at that yeah. point, so that's going to be. Then tough. you're just going to be sitting there holding the fence all night, <laughs> trying to hold your balance. That'd be really uh, shitty. But I, but I love it. You know, both these guys. I think I think they were both saying the right thing, and that like yep. they'd like to fight. Of course, they want to fight for a title, but they really can't think about. it. And I agree. I don't think. Yep. I just don't think we're going to know until. Sunday, you know what that main event in in uh, in Sydney is going to be, and if these two guys go to war, like I tend to think they will. I just can't imagine. I know I haven't heard a lot of people say Robert Whitaker is just going to absolutely destroy Drickus, and I get it. But I mean, has Robert proven a lot more in his career? Absolutely has. Yep. Is he one of the best in the game? Absolutely. But and I think even Robert said it, man. Drickus is just a tough son of a bitch. He is. He's, you know what I mean? And Look, you know, I think he kind of downplayed it a little bit today, the, the whole nasal thing about the air. Maybe he downplayed it because I know he caught a lot of heat for it when yeah. he first talked about it. But yeah. let's just think about that. It is true. And even Robert Whitaker said, I laughed at it. He's like, and then I got a stuffy nose and tried to go to practice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, damn, I'm tired as hell. You know, and I yeah. thought that was great. Dude, there, I mean, there really could be something to that. I mean, if you're not getting proper oxygen intake yeah. and suddenly you are, it only stands the reason that your performance is going to increase. Yeah, and that was one of the things I think we, last time we saw Drickus is that he's taken it to that point of tech, getting so technologically behind his training. He's really making a science out of it, and I think that's why we're seeing these leaps and bounds and these improvements and what it seems like in his performances. I mean, like he's taken it to that level. It's not just going to the gym, I'm just going to grunt it out, I'm just going to take some shots to the head, you know, and I'm just going to get sweaty and then trust that the process is going to work. I mean, like, they're really – and that was the whole thing of what the PI was about, too, was, like, just really testing these athletes, mm-hmm. and they found out where, okay, your your right side is a, has a weakness. Yes. We need to work on your right side. You know, it's not competing well with your left side, so your left side you have to overcompensate. And it's an effect in your performance, blah, blah, blah. Like – Obviously, when he pulled out the percentage, I think that's what people laugh because he was, he didn't just say, hey, I've been having a hard time breathing. I think I have a deviated septum or yeah. something. He's like, I'm I have 18%, 8%. Like, I'm affected. I'm not getting the right oxygen. And people are just like, dude, that sounds so ridiculous. But if this is a guy that's been diving into the science behind his performance, that's a scary individual. That's a guy that's really like, okay, well, I know what I need to do training-wise, but if there is really a limitation in my body, let's take care of that limitation that's outside of my control – and then let's see what we can do with that, you know. I initially um, – I did pick Whitaker, but I would be lying if I didn't say I, I picked DDP first. And, I, then, and then I just – I, I felt stupid I picking this, against Whitaker. That's the whole thing is I have this sneaky feeling about this yeah. fight. But then you say, how do I pick against Robert Whitaker, yeah. dude? Like one of the greatest to ever do it. Like what? What, what was I thinking? Yeah. But Driggis, I think a lot – again, we see this situation a lot, right? Where I think a lot of people decided they don't like Drickus Duplessis, right? And I understand he probably doesn't help himself out a whole lot. He's bit of he's a bit of a cocky individual, and then you start bringing in the whole like I represent Africa thing, and that gets controversial. It's so, like I think there's a reason why people don't necessarily like the guy sometimes. Yeah. But I think there's a real danger when you don't like somebody and then you downplay what they're capable of doing. Right. And, and this dude you is look a for warrior. Faults instead of looking for like what they're really doing well. Yep. Yeah. The dude, he's badass, man. Like and. The Whitaker that we see right now, it's the Whitaker that we've all grown to appreciate and respect, but it's not the same. Even then, it's not the same Whitaker that was at the, his very peak of, of when he was destroying people. Yep. It's not the same Robert. He's still tough as nails and can beat most of the guys, but Robert, if this is like one of those fights, like, you know, when people start talking about, you know, do you want to just be at the top or do you want to really, like, challenge and actually go for the title? We saw right. what happened when he fought the champ twice and it didn't go his way. If he can't beat Drickus, then you start wondering, okay, 
now is he a gatekeeper and now do we start you know has he plateaued at that point you know and th- this kind of fight I almost feel like people expect him to go out there and just smash this guy but I think he's realistic in saying like hey folks temper your your thoughts and your beliefs because this is a really dangerous dude DDP go- is on the rise just as he said mm-hmm. I mean like this is the guy that's been going up and he's been hungry he's not like what was he saying like you know Robert's been beating these guys but beating these guys after they lose to the champs their motivation point. might not be there and I'm like I can't argue with it's that it's an interesting point I can't argue with it so he's on the flip side of Robert's going to be fighting a guy that is absolutely knows that he has the potential of getting a title shot if I beat you. Yep. So I've been preparing everything. Bro, I'm looking to find out how much oxygen I'm not getting in my nose. Like, I'm going that far into taking what I need to do to better myself. That's how deep he is. So, I mean, like, he can't – so Whitaker definitely can't be overlooking him. But I just – while I, I felt like I couldn't pick against Whitaker, I definitely didn't have as much confidence in my pick of picking him as I would have maybe – Two three years ago, I agree, and you know. the, and that's one. That if you look at the odds, and again, I I, I don't bet, but it just I, I look at it, and it, man, plus three hundred on Drickus Dupasi, like that that that, that might be a that, little tasty as an underdog. I was going to say, you know dude, what I mean? Like that's that's a nice one to put some you know, cash. I'm not saying on. necessarily want to throw it into all your parlays, but, <laughs> but, but I was like, that could be a parlay <laughs> yeah, killer. I'm not but, saying um, throw it in there, but it, if you got a little extra cheese, yeah, that's not that's not a bad one to get that underdog money if that's what that is. Jalen Turner, pretty significant uh, favorite over Dan Hooker as well. Kind of understand with their recent results, but stylistically, that's another one. That's, that a, that's could, a banger. That's a good. That's a good pick too. If this, if that's a big spread for a hooker, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to go against hooker. But man, Turler just looks good. I mean, he's got just those long limbs. I mean, he's he's really rangy, and I feel like hooker sometimes, you know, you're going to get everything out of heart, and he's going to push everything. But I feel there's just at some point, you know, he just takes damage and and then just gives up. But what did, what the, what are the odds on that? Did you just look it up? Minus two fifty for Jalen, plus two hundred for Dan Hooker. Around that's not, that. That's not as bad as I thought. Not crazy. Yeah. No, it's not massive. Not massive. Not massive. And Dan Hooker, I mean, look, Dan Hooker does have talent. Jalen Jalen was dialed in today, too, though, man. He's, that was set off over that last one. Uh, and then the main card kicks out with Bo Nickel against the late replacement in Val Woodburn. Now, you talk about some crazy odds. I mean, you're seeing uh, Bo Nickel, depending on where you look at, uh, up around minus 2,800. Uh, I think the implied probability on that is like a 97% probability of uh, implied probability of victory. Um, Val Woodburn, I will say this, Val Woodburn is facing some tough odds. Bo Nickel is the athlete that everybody says he is. Is he going to be world champion? I don't know. We haven't seen him against elite level competition yet. But Bo Nickel is the athlete that everybody says he is. He is that guy. And he is the competitor that everybody says he is. Um, and Val Woodburn, you know, 11-month layoff, he'll say, I don't call it a layoff. You know, I was signing with management. And I was yeah. getting myself I'm prepared. Still tra- and this, I'm still training, you know. But, I mean, a short notice, less than a week assignment against Bo Nickel. Not to mention just – I mean, you could see it. He was a good sport. Val, Val by the way, uh, seems like a good dude. Today was he the first like time I ever nice met guy. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seemed like a really good dude. Like, I would love to yeah. talk more to him. Today was the first time I'd ever uh, spoken to him. But even just like kind of – I don't know if you caught it. I know you were kind of dialing in your focus because he was one of the early ones. Um, in fact, he was the first one we spoke to today. But, you know, he he walked in there and he, immediately he turns and, I mean, he looks at the number of cameras and media that's in there and he was like, whoa, yeah. like kind of made that little sign. That would I mean, be a really crazy one to walk into. He's probably right fought first time. in front of crowds smaller than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, yeah. I mean, that was a big, you know, I mean, huge. These, yeah. You know, on these fight nights, yeah, the fight night events, there's usually just three or four of us there as media. But pay-per-views, yeah. people are still coming out and there's a ton of cameras. Yes, we weren't even in the norm. We were in the weigh-in room today That's instead right. of the normal media room. The big room. The, the big room. The big weigh-in room. So, yep. um, 
so I will say, I mean, but I, I, you know, he, I will say this. He did. He definitely did not seem. As much as he was like, wow, this is crazy, he definitely did not seem overwhelmed by the moment. Yep. He definitely did not seem intimidated by yep. the moment. Didn't seem starstruck. I mean, like he seemed like he was like in awe of the initial just like wait, yeah. but it didn't seem like he was like stage fright. Oh, like, well-spoken, uh, great interview. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember. I think it was Chris Curtis that tweeted something about like wait till you try to take down a fire hydrant and – he is a, a tank so he's of a dude. With Curtis? Yeah, he's trained oh, with some Chris okay. Curtis, and he's okay. in. Uh, okay. It was either him or Ode Osborne. I, I, both of them were tweeting That's good awesome. things about him. But I saw one of them that was like, "Yeah, wait till you try to take down a, a fire hydrant." He is like big yeah, and thick, he's stocky. Um, but Bo Nickel is one of the greatest collegiate wrestlers of all time. So yeah. um, I, I guess you know I, I understand the odds here. And boy, I tell you what, for Bo Nickel too, man. I, it's a weird thing, and Bo Nickel is a dude that has a good head on his shoulders and understands yep. the game and all that. But it is crazy, and he even said it today. Normally, he won't break character, but he kind of broke character for a second today when he was like, you know, we're talking about his last performance, and he's like, yeah, people said I struggled to take him down. It took me twenty seconds yeah. to take him down. <laughs> he's like, what do you want me to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, twenty seconds. What we we yeah, we, wow. we, we sleeping? Oh, it's so funny. The expectations on him are, are literally. It's like it, it's like the wrestling version of Mike Tyson or something. Like, if yeah. he doesn't knock you out with the first punch, then what was going on in right. there? And it is weird. The expectations on Bo are like, if he doesn't just, you know, spear you into the ground and submit you immediately, that he sucks. And it's it's just kind of wild. Yeah, unreal. But yeah, but I love listening to Bo. Uh, you could definitely tell that this guy, especially through his collegiate career, was talking on the mic. Yeah. I mean, he repeats the questions back into the answers. I mean, like he's sharp. I mean, Does. he doesn't get too ahead of himself. I like it that he hasn't. I mean, I believe he has every bit of belief in his mind that he's going to be a champ, but I love that he's not trying to throw that down our throats yeah. already. You know, he says all the right things. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love Van's personality today. I, I really got a kick out of it. And oddly enough, and we were, we chatted about a little bit offline before we started, in terms of some of the, the vids that were trending right now on our YouTube channel, Van, and it could be some people trying to figure out who the heck is this guy that's going to well, be opposite. Well, first you should probably Bo call Nickel. him Val, which is his actual Val, name. Whatever. <laughs> Joshua Van, I think, is probably who you were yeah. confusing with who fought last week. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean, like, this dude is – it, he's trending bigger than everybody else was. That's so yeah, wild. yeah. So yeah, that is wild. Good on you, Val. I wonder what that is. I Which mean, is short for Valentine. Valentine. I mean, he was dude. He has a great personality. He had a good attitude about everything. Yeah. I think he gave all the right answers. Um, I, I, I'm sure people are just like, who is this dude that Bo Nickel is facing on a week's yep. notice? So they're they're checking it out. But. Who has the balls days in advance to hop in there with the the, the hottest pro prospect? in the sport Absolutely. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, man. Uh, big one. Uh, and then the, the final two that we talked to, of course, uh, Nico Price and Robbie Lawler. Um, Nico, uh, obviously, we've always loved Nico, man. He's a fun dude. And um, went and trained up in Wisconsin. He did some Rufus sport. He worked with Ben Askren as well. But he did say being away from his kids was tough. Uh, and then, of course, Robbie Lawler, um, his retirement fight. Uh, crazy to think. I mean, truly the end of an era. A dude that has been doing it since, I mean, the absolute earliest days. Uh, I mean, made his debut at UFC 37 in 2002. Made his pro debut in 2001. I mean, uh, is going into the Hall of Fame for the fight. Um, uh, you know. That everybody kept referencing. Boy, by the way, yeah, because so, so Jose Young's from MMA fight, and clearly they're doing like a compilation video. So he asked everybody that came in, what was your favorite Robbie Lawler moment? And basically every single one of them, came up with the same answer, and that was Rory McDonald, the iconic fight that is going into the Hall of Fame. And I do think maybe the fact that it's going into the Hall of Fame probably influenced that answer because 
they've you know they've been reminded of that and they've seen it and it's part of the discussion this week. A couple people did say the Carlos Condit fight as well, which um, was a great fight. Yeah, I know Jose. I know Jose. He hungs. Uh, we've had this discussion before. He's actually one that that believes that that is the only correct answer. That that was actually the better fight um, than the Roy McDonald fight. Although the Roy McDonald fight just has that iconic stare down and the the split lip and the blood going everywhere. But I was surprised that people didn't have some of those. Now I, this is a reminder. To a lot of fans, and I think most people that you know are, are savvy enough to be listening to this podcast probably realize this. But now, a lot of fighters don't watch fights. Now, some do religiously. Basically, it's one of two. You either got somebody that's just like an insane fan of the sport, which some of them are, and they watch every single week, or you got a big portion that just don't watch anything, and they're like, "Dude, I have to do this stuff all week long. Why do you think on Saturday when I'm not like I, I want to watch other people do it? Like, no, maybe I'll watch my teammate, but that's about it." Um, but I was surprised that there weren't other answers. I mean, those were literally like the only two answers from anybody in there. I mean, there were some highlights outside of it. Back in the day, I'm sure if uh, if Gorgeous George and, and Goals were around, we wouldn't be able to say, uh, but Frank Trigg, that was an amazing fight. Obviously, it didn't end great for their buddy Frank Trigg, but um, the fight itself was phenomenal. I mean, there were some, uh, you know, Scott Smith, Melvin Manhoff. Those were some crazy ones back in the day as well. Um, I, I always share, I mean, not that it's a fight itself, but I've shared this story before, but given that he's going, he's retiring, uh, I'll share it one time for anybody that hasn't heard it. But one of my favorite Robbie Lawler memories ever, because the guy doesn't like talking to the media. I mean, period. Like I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of joked today, you know, as he was <laughs> setting in, I was like, you know, what is the emotion setting in that this is the last media day you'll ever get to do? Like, I know, I know how much you love this, and he just kind of laughed at it or whatever. He didn't completely bite on it, but he did laugh a little bit. Um, but he was doing. It was 2012, and it was a strike force event, and he was fighting Adlan Amagov. And he, uh, we were doing it immediately at the Palms, and we were interviewing him. And, I mean, this was, like, small. It was strike force, the, the kind of the dying days of strike force. But he had come off of back-to-back losses to Tim Kennedy and Jacare Souza, like two guys that obviously were grappling heavy. And, you know, Robbie wants to go out there and bang. And Adlin was somebody that was going to, like, probably do that with him, you know. And so I just remember asking him, like, hey, knowing that this guy probably wants to come out and, st- and strike with you rather than try to grapple, you know, is this, like, kind of your ideal opponent? And he was like – no, and so I just said, well, you know, because he basically just said no. I'm like, well, what is your ideal opponent then? And uh, without, without hesitation, he just goes, a dude with no arms and no legs. And I think it was Adam Hill was like, how would you beat him? And Robbie Law just goes, ground and pound. And I just thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever, man. I'm like, hey, man, he's got such a sly sense of humor. He just doesn't like talking to the media and doing it. But he had a, he had a pretty good scrum today. But yeah. it is wild to see, man. I, I don't know of many individuals other than like outside of Robbie Lawler that have the type of, I would just say, universal respect and admiration yeah. among his peers. Like, I just don't think there's anybody that has a bad word to say about the dude or the fighter, and that's that's pretty neat to see. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. There was certainly – I think you could see that moment today where I think he was more at ease because he knew this was the last one. Yeah. But I think, I think also, too, people weren't asking him the same, like, hey, what are you going to do for this fight? What are you going to do this fight? It was more like, hey – Tell me something that you enjoyed, or you right. know, tell me about this other thing. So it got him more, uh, you know, introspective and reflective of his career. But yeah, he seemed like in good spirits. You know, he had, uh, uh, you know, just a good face for the for the for the day, and you could tell he was having a good time. But I think this the the moment. I think maybe depending on how it ends, you know, 
I'd like to him to get the win so we could see him so we can get that post fight because I think sure. there could be a lot more questions we could ask. You know, typically when somebody does retire, be a little tough. If get that comes, asked. Like I'm sure he'll they'll bring him back because it is a legend of the sport and he is. If retiring. we ask for him, we can't. But it just depends but on how yeah, he is. Yeah, if he's if he's, so, if he's concussed so or if he's vicious beat up. knockout or some brutal beatdown, you're gonna be like, hey, so uh, how does it feel? Yeah, it's tough because it's like one of those ones you want to ask. You know about. You know, and people did sort of ask about, you know, fights that he would have won and stuff. But it's like when you know somebody's finally done, then you can get really, you know, reflective on their career, you know, and what ifs and whatnot, and then get a different answer because right. they know that it's actually done, you know. Right. Um, but, dude, he's, he's such a beast, man. It's crazy. I was just looking through some of his fights, and I, you know, going back when I started working at Zufa in 2011 you know and i'm looking at the fights i don't know if i ever actually saw him in strike force i might have maybe caught him again that lorenz larkin's fight i think mm -hmm. i might have been at that one but then you know going everything from beyond that when he actually got back in there that second time i watched a lot of those fights koscheck and oh, mcdonald and Hendricks and ellenberger and that Brown run Light. was incredible because i will tell you man at, at, in strike force i mean so we talk about that adlin emigoff fight lorenz yep. larkin i mean he loses to Lorenz Larkin after that. So it's 2012. He's one and three in his last four fights. He's like three and five in his last yep. eight. And you're just like, uh, like, I guess this is I it. And at that Tim point, Kennedy beat him. That's crazy. And at that point, look, he'd already been yeah. around. Now, he was a young, he was still young. He was still young. Because he, he young. started so young. Yeah. But he'd also been around for 11 years as a professional. He'd also been in that Militich training room, which was like, they were basically just having fights every night in training. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so his body, he was, he was young in terms of years, but the body wasn't young. But then to go on that run that he went to, to ascend to claiming the title, I mean, what a, a career renaissance. Yeah. What what a, a legendary period that was from 2013 to, to 2016 for, for, for Robbie Lawler. And, Unreal. Man, and yeah, and you, and you, you touched on it. I mean, Koscik, Volker, McDonald, Ellenberger, Brown. I mean, look, look at that run. Jake, and then I was, okay, Jake Ellenberger, I understand. Maybe you don't remember the time of the juggernaut. Like, that yeah. dude was a monster. Matt Brown. I mean, Matt Brown's still getting it done right now. Johnny yeah. Hendricks, again, okay, maybe you saw only the tail end. Roy McDonald, Carlos Connor. Those were all consecutive fights, right? I mean, just that run alone in terms of absolute killers back to back unreal. to back. It's just unreal. Incredible, man. So it's it's uh, it's a shame to see him hanging out. It's it's interesting because, you know. For it's a shame and it's sad, but it's good, too. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's good. He's you know, had some losses as of late and. You know, we've seen more and more of some of these guys, you know, like, you know, when you take a lot of crazy damage, you know, and you really start seeing personality changes and you start seeing things slow down. You're just yeah. like, you don't want to see that from the guys that, you, I mean, I think everybody has, you know, from the guys that have been around forever, people, they, they grow to love these guys and they have a big, deep affinity. And the last thing you want to see is somebody hurt, get hurt or hurt themselves. You know, and that was why it was always hard when you see Chuck come back and fight Tito or do some other stuff because you're just like, bro, stop. Like, people, it hurts people to watch you fight. Even, you know, I would say it about B, B, BJ. Nobody likes seeing BJ come back and get beat up, you know, because there's so much affinity for these guys. I think a guy like Robbie, you know, people just love the dude. They, they respect him so much. The last thing you want to do is see him take damage to the point where you're you don't see the same person and like listening to him talk today he was having a good time he was mm -hmm. smiling and people it was nice you could appreciate him and he's leaving on a good note i mean well hadn't we'll had see. the fight but yeah. i mean still he's leaving at the top of the game he's still near the top of the game i mean is he going to win the the championship no but he's still there and he's still relevant and he's still kicking ass and, but yeah to think about everything that he's done and uh i definitely feel fortunate that i was able to you know follow his career for you know 
was only a small fraction of it, but a decent amount of time, you know, just to, to kind of see the fights that he's put through. So it's always sad when you see him walk out, but um, – Starting to get to that era, dude, where it's like yeah. all the – like, I mean, I, after him, it, you know, it will be like Jim Miller and Matt Brown. It'll be like kind yeah. of the last two – uh, you know, hanging Guida. out there. Yeah, Guida, you guys Guida. still. Yeah, he's been on the roster since '06. Yeah. Uh, Lozon keeps teasing maybe yeah. one more, maybe you know something. So, yeah, but we're starting to get to that era, man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, listen, uh, prelims. I think are gonna be good. Jack Delamadalina. A lot of people I know are excited about him. Obviously, he got a, a replacement in Josiah Harrow, which uh, just deserves a shout out because his nickname is the Muscle Hamster. I got to see him come through <laughs> CFFC. I think that's a a, a brilliant nickname there. Uh, Yasmin Yargui versus Denise Gomez. Like a hairy little dude? Just a hairy little dude. He just <laughs> does funny little things with his nose all the time. and <laughs> He likes to roll around in wood chips. <laughs> oh, good God. Uh, Jimmy Crew versus <laughs> Alonzo Minifield wraps up the ABC and ESPN prelims. Big uh, contingent between uh, Australia and New Zealand. Of course, uh, the early prelims are on ESPN2 in USC Fight Pass and ESPN+. Plus. So uh, should be a, a, a fun night of fights. Um, real quick, I did want to give a shout-out to uh, Tam the Bam, who took the time to send us an email and really had some kind words about uh, about the show and just about his uh, his affinity for uh, the uh, the friendly banter and uh, yes. th- that we have here. And so it was uh, always nice to hear that. So if you've ever uh, – it was kind of him to reach out. And so, it was, yes. uh, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're ever somebody that wants to reach out, and yes, we are both very, very busy individuals, but uh, we still do like to, to hear from people that listen, and especially to know that – uh, you know, it's something that maybe puts a smile on your face, and even said he wishes we had could do a little bit more of the show, and, and I wish we could too, and maybe we will one day. But just wanted to give a shout out to Tam the Bam. Yes. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, Matt Clark. Matt Clark reached out earlier this uh, month, and uh, he sent over a, a kind little donation and said, uh, "Listen, this round of peanut M and M's is my treat." And then he had a question that he wanted us to answer, and uh, I have been slammed and have not had time to work it into our schedule the last couple weeks, and I've been meaning to, but we will do so. Uh, so I want to. I want you to start thinking about this and I think I thought about working it in this week and I said you know what let's wait until 290 is in the books because I feel like that's the halfway point of the pay-per-views and we'll answer this next week and I kind of be interested maybe if some if some other people want to chime in on this as well from this Matt Clark request and it says if all the stars aligned what fight male and female do you guys think would make the most impact by the end of the year so after this after this weekend Hmm. Let's consider what are the biggest male and female fights that could be made in the UFC. So uh, if anybody wants to hit us up and give us some feedback on that, love to hear your suggestions on that. Love for, uh, to anybody that wants to take their sports to the next level. Besides just sending us emails and maybe some tweets which or whatever, appreciate. which we definitely do appreciate. We appreciate even more all those <laughs> folks over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow and support that they uh, give us uh, to help keep the lights on here and uh, – yeah, we appreciate it. We obviously Definitely. give exclusive access each week to the and a half episodes, which is uh, recapping UFC events, which pretty much seem to happen every single All week. All the time. Love it. International Fight Week is going to be busy. Uh, next week, I think I fly out on Wednesday, so we'll probably have to do this before the media day. We'll figure all that out. I don't know. Right? All we're worried about right now is UFC 290. Can't believe you won't be here for the home Buena Silva. I know. I'm flying home on that day, and I don't think I'm going to make it back in time, so I'll, I will miss that one. And then the following week, I'll, so we've got back-to-back CFSC events, which is fun. So I think we've got Florida next week. Let me double-check and make sure that's right because I don't want to give bad first. No, I take that back. Flying to Memphis next week. We've got Tunica, Mississippi next week, and then the following week after that is Tampa, Florida. Um, but that week, the UFC is out of town, so I don't have to worry about that one. I can't, oh, that's the uh, London event, right? Is that the London event? 
and then you and I will both be in Salt Lake City together. So the MMA Roadshow yes, will be London's together the the on the road. Yeah, so I will miss the London show. Uh, well, I wouldn't have gone over there anyway, but um, yeah. Tampa. Fun. Memphis. Lots Fun. of CFFC come up. And then I keep teasing it. I can't wait till everything's official. We can announce all these things. We've got a lot of stuff in the works over there that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> so I should, I should probably just shut my mouth You should now. probably just not even tell anything. You know what? Nothing's going on over there. Just, just, just business. <laughs> business as usual. Business as usual. All right, listen. It's been a fun weekend, man. Uh, the holiday was good. I actually got a couple days off. Went to a baseball game, thanks to you. We yeah. had a great time out at the uh, Las Vegas Aviators. They got spanked. They got slaughtered. <laughs> I mean, slaughtered so bad. It, 12, that, to uh, 12 to two? nothing. 12, oh, they, no, we did end up scoring late. Yeah, we did get the late yeah. two runs. Uh, I, I just started heckling the team uh, yeah. at the end because I, they were just so bad. I was well, saying, the, the, I said, bring back, boys bring back the bananas. The bring yeah. back the Savannah bananas. They were better. I did get a chuckle out of a couple people around me for that one. Uh, we were kind of uh, we did pregame at my house a little bit, and yep, so and yep. then the and then the tall boys were flowing uh, fairly freely, and um, yeah. that was fun. But we had a good time there, and then uh, I actually got to go to a soccer game last night, so it was kind of cool. We got to do a baseball game and a soccer game uh, on Sunday and Tuesday, so that was kind of fun to go. Uh, we always love going to the to the Las Vegas Lights. Um, they got the little Kiddie pitch pool. side pools there. Oh, we needed it. It was a hundred <laughs> degrees, so we we're sitting there, feet in the feet in the cold. Well, kitty that pool. Just set your butt in it. Uh, well, Eli did actually just sit down in it. it. Yeah, he That's literally awesome. just sat down in it. I, I I will take the water and kind of dump it over myself. But I think it's so cool. It's so Vegas. It's funny because you see like the visiting players that walk on the field, and you can just see like you can tell they're just like, what the <laughs> is <laughs> what going is on? This? Like, what is this? But it's so Vegas. Like, bro, we got some pitch side kitty pools. Yeah. That we're sitting on there, man. That's so hilarious. I, I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. It was actually funny. My my kid is so spoiled. Like before we went down there, uh, he wanted a little snack or whatever. So we we uh, we grabbed a grabbed a snack for him. And I was like, well, instead of carrying it down the field, why don't we just eat real quick and then we'll go down there. And I think the field was still like uh, in the sun, so we we're like, I will wait for the sun to set a little bit. So we were sitting up at the top row of Cashman just so he could grub real quick. And he looks down. He's like, these seats suck. <laughs> Spoiled, dude. I'm like, spoiled. this stadium is tiny. It's only like 20 rows up. Like, these would be phenomenal seats in any stadium. And I'm like, yeah, there's not a bad seat in there. There's not a bad seat in there. But yeah, you're spoiled. right. You're right, Eli. They're not three feet from the yeah. field where you can yell at the players and the red. Actually, you know what's funny? I was heckling the 51s. I do like heckling like the linesmen. Uh, when we're at the Las Vegas Lights yeah. game, because they're like running right in front yeah, of us. Yeah, watch you go and get your team a yellow card. I know, right? I like I like yelling at them and the other players. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> when I get to be a fan. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they uh, keep retweeting you if you get them a yellow card. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, listen, uh, yes, International Fight Week. Uh, hopefully everybody gets to take in all the festivities. I'm actually – I think I'm going to stay for – I don't usually stay for the Hall of Fame in, in, uh, induction ceremony just because we can't – I was can't, wondering if you're going to do it, yeah. I think I'm going to stick around. We can't, we can't film anything it's in there. It's a long day. It's a long night, and they don't let us do anything with the footage. Like, oh, In fact, we can't even shoot it, so we're not even allowed to set up yeah. a camera. We'll have the red, um, the red carpet uh, – or not red carpet. The red carpet. Yeah, red carpet, yeah the red beforehand. carpet stuff. So we'll have those, and, and those Interviews. are what you typically see. And usually – yeah, we usually just go home after that because then we got to – process video and all that but um me long time cowboy homer i definitely want to hear from cowboy i definitely want to hear from jens you know you as can well watch it on fight pals yeah but you know those are shitty scenes <laughs> <laughs> okay eli okay eli <laughs> all right international fight week usc 298 appreciate everybody patreon.com slash the ma road show we'll have the end half episode afterwards in the meantime Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Full of fun. Hopefully you, if you're soaking it in and out here in Las Vegas, you stay cool. Be careful. Yeah, it's hot out there. Make sure you're hydrated. Try to avoid the traffic. Don't get in a wreck near the MSG sphere. And uh, more than anything, thanks for listening. 